Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for March 16th, 2022. The Fed raised interest rates for the first time in over three years, with a focus on slowing down inflation. Nationwide's Chief Economist David Burson and Deputy Chief Economist Brian Jordan provide their perspective on the Fed's actions. Can it slow down inflation? How could it impact economic growth? And what's the outlook for additional tightening ahead? And could it lead to a recession? And now, here's David Burson. Hi, everyone. Um, so, Brian, the Federal Reserve announced today that it was tightening monetary policy for the first time since um, 2018. That is actually not that far back in terms of of tightenings. Usually uh, the Fed waits longer before it tightens, but but inflation is up a lot. It's at 40-year at highs. What were the important takeaways that you got from today's Fed announcement and from the press conference that Chair Powell had afterwards? I think the big takeaways here are the significant change in the Fed's outlook for 2022. 2022 and beyond, but especially 2022, the Fed not only ramped up its own expectation for rate hikes this year, three months ago in December, the FOMC had anticipated um, just a handful of rate hikes, three rate hikes in 2022 of 25 basis points each. Now the FOMC anticipates seven rate hikes this year, or at least seven rate hikes if they go by 25 basis points each time, including the rate hike engineered today. So a much more aggressive rate hike path from the Fed. The Fed also reduced, the FOMC also reduced its GDP forecast. It had had anticipated that the economy would grow by 4% this year. It now anticipates a 2.8% pace of expansion in 2022, and it also ramped up its expectation for inflation. Its PCE inflation forecast went from 2.6% to 4.3%. So I think that is the story, the big shift almost across the board here for rates, for economic growth, and for inflation from the FOMC. So David, based on those forecasts and based on today's action and the Fed's outlook that it'll continue to, to tighten from here, what do you think the implications are for economic growth, not just in the year ahead, but but also beyond? You know, one of the things I noticed in the in the Fed's the FOMC statement today was the the increase in uncertainty because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It's something we've talked about for a while. It's a negative supply shock. It acts to slow growth, as you noted. The Fed's GDP projections are lower and acts to raise inflation. And again, the Fed's forecast of inflation is higher. But that uncertainty with the supply shock means that the certainty we would take from the Fed's own projections have to be reduced. And I think the, the Fed is much less certain of its own projections as, as a result of that. We could see much weaker economic growth because of the, uh, the supply shock. And, and perhaps then the Fed doesn't tighten as much as it is currently expected to, or perhaps we see inflation lingering at a much higher level for longer. And then perhaps the Fed, maybe not this year, but next year or the year after, has to tighten by more with the sort of peak federal funds rate at uh, now around 2.8%. That, that's a tad above 
uh, the Fed's longer run projections of what the federal funds rate would be. So, you know, we, I think we can say that uh, in 20, by at least by the end of 2023 and into 2024, the Fed is not just tightening monetary policy, but but policy is actually becoming at least modestly tight. Will it be enough? Will it be too much? You know, at this point, uh, the crystal ball is really hazy on that. You know, if you look historically, when the Fed is tightened, sometimes it is tightened and slowed inflation and not caused a recession. But more often than not, when the Fed fights inflation by tightening monetary policy, a recession ensues, not immediately, year two, three down the road, but the Fed has a difficult time slowing the economy by enough to bring inflation down without actually causing a recession. And I think it's it's doubly hard in the context of a supply shock. What do you think? Do you, do you think that the Fed can succeed this time? So I think it's it's a it's a great point, David. And you made a very good point on the uncertainty here. We saw that in the dot plot as well. One FOMC member thought or expected that the Fed would would hike 100 basis points more this year. And at the other end of the spectrum, one member of the committee thought the FOMC would hike 225 basis points this year. So all these cross currents are playing into a great deal of uncertainty. I think it does lead to the lower probability that the Fed will be able to engineer a soft landing. Soft landings are elusive even in the most placid of environments, even in run-of-the-mill garden variety expansions. Uh, The Fed has rarely been successful in engineering soft landings. We've had eight tightening cycles um, over the course of the last half century. Only two of them ended in soft landings in the mid-1980s and the mid-1990s. I think, as you um, hinted, it's doubly hard now, given all of the cross-currents. Inflation has been driven higher by outside factors, first COVID, and now the war in Eastern Europe. And the war itself could also serve to reduce economic growth at a time when economic growth should already be slowing as we've uh, moved through some of the pent-up demand after the lockdown phase of of the pandemic. So it's absolutely possible. And obviously inflation in the next couple of quarters is going to be key. If inflation does come down for exogenous reasons, hopefully it's a resolution of the situation in Eastern Europe, hopefully a continued pullback in the pandemic, a continued reduction in the new case count, allowing society to more fully return to normal. And we see the inflation rate come down as a result. The Fed might be able to um, to, to back off in, in, in that situation. If not, and we continue to see high inflation and the Fed feels it needs to fight high inflation, we're going to have a more aggressive tightening cycle and the risk of a hard landing, as you alluded to, sometime down the line um, is is a little more likely. And so with that in mind, David, what do we think about inflation here? I think it's such a linchpin in terms of what the Fed does and eventually how the economy performs. A lot of cross currents, a lot of uncertainty. But what should we expect in terms of the inflation rate peaking at some point in 2022? And then how fast should we expect it to come down once it does? Well, that is the key, isn't it? Um, I think inflation will peak this year both for supply and demand reasons. The economy is going to slow this year, so demand won't be going up as quickly. The Fed tightening um, will will cause the economy to slow a little more, although Fed policy doesn't really have a significant impact on the economy for 
six, 12, 18 months. So let, let's call it the end of the year, perhaps, we start to see more significant slowing in the economy from Fed tightening, helping to, to lower inflation. But on the supply side, now, of course, you know, we have both the COVID shock and the Russian invasion shock. You know, we, we're hoping that the impact of COVID on supply chains will diminish as the year goes on, acting as a positive supply shock, helping bring inflation down. I, I think that is still likely to occur. But we now have China uh, having significant increases in new infection rates from the Omicron variant. And, and sadly, given that they, they have locked down their economy in the past, so not a lot of people have natural immunity at this point, plus the, uh, the Chinese-made vaccine appears to be far less efficacious than the uh, vaccines made in the West. We're seeing significant production centers just closed down in China. And, and that acts, again, hopefully just in the short run, as a negative supply shock, pushing inflation up some. But we've already seen oil prices come down quite a bit from their peak. You know, they, they briefly got to $130 per barrel for West Texas Intermediate, and they're down now into the mid-90 range. I think on, on hopes that, one, China might slow, reducing the demand for oil worldwide, but then also within a reasonable time period, perhaps within a couple of months, uh, we would see something positive happening in Ukraine, uh, perhaps a, a peace deal between Russia and Ukraine, allowing Russian oil, perhaps, to come back into the world market. And, and that, if it occurs, and indeed financial markets think something like that will occur, because if you look at futures prices for, for crude oil, they are down significantly by year end. That would certainly help on the inflation story. So, you know, inflation should be lower by year end than it is now. Uh, low enough? No, the Fed is still going to tighten next year. You know, I think a, a reasonable estimate for the consumer price index. And of course, the Fed looks at a broader measure, the price index for personal consumption expenditures. But for the CPI, which is what most people look at, we hope maybe at 4.5%, but perhaps it only falls to around 5%. Now, that's still much lower than we have now, but certainly not nearly low enough to get the Fed to, to take its foot off the brake, uh, certainly not by the end of this year. So, you know, one of the things I was looking at was the distribution of projections by the uh, FOMC members of where they think the federal funds rate will be at the end of this year and next year and the year after. Uh, and one of the things that struck me was the distribution wasn't uniform. And, and people look at the median. What's the middle? That's the most likely, right? Well, sometimes is. But if you look at this, the distribution of dots, both this year and next year, there are, and, and, and you, you brought this up, Members, some of whom may be voters, we don't know whose dots they are, are, that are significantly above that median, whereas on the bottom side, uh, those that are below the median aren't that far below. So the distribution is clearly tilted toward even higher rates than the median and not lower rates. What do you think the odds are of the Fed tightening by even more than the median of the dot plots and clearly more than what financial markets are looking for today? It, it's a good point because the risks are moving in that direction. The Fed's posture is moving in that direction. So I think we have to say that 
the, you know, the, the balance of risk here is to the upside still and not to the downside. Inflation continues to rise. We continue to see very strong growth in the economy, especially in the labor market. We're coming off a month in which non-farm payrolls rose by 678,000. Jerome Powell in his press conference continually referred back to the strength in the economy, the momentum in the economy, the strength in, in the labor market in particular. As long as this is the backdrop, I think the risk is more, not less. Now, that being said, I still think there is a significant chance that we're going to see the Fed come in below these expectations when all is said and done by the end of the year, because I think there's a significant chance that this backdrop is going to shift at least somewhat between now and the end of the year. As you mentioned um, earlier, David, it, there's a good chance at some point in 2022, we're going to see the inflation rate peak and start to come down. And so much depends on that timing and magnitude depends on the situation in Eastern Europe. If we get a, a near-term resolution, that the, the inflation rate can peak sooner rather than later. It can come down faster rather than slower. If COVID continues to diminish, we can have a peak sooner rather than later and, and a magnitude that's, that's faster and, and, and not slower. And if Fed policy and the war in, in Europe start to bite economic growth, if we start to see some signs of a slowing in the labor market, some signs of slowing in GDP, I think that can influence the Fed to move a little bit more slowly as well. We just have to go back to the beginning of the last rate hike cycle in 2015, when the Fed also began a cycle with a 25 basis point rate hike, and see that we have to take these forecasts with a grain of salt. So at that time, the Fed hiked rates in, in December of 2015. The dot plot, the median FOMC member, expected another four rate hikes, or, or 100 basis points in total, in federal funds rate hikes in 2016. And as it happened, the Fed only raised rates once in 2016, all the way at the end of the year, and just by 25 basis points. They forecasted 100 basis points. They delivered just 25 basis points. The same thing had happened in the prior year at the end of 2014, expected 100 basis points in 2015, delivered only 25. So we do have to take these forecasts with a grain of salt. Um, so the risks for now are yes to the upside, I think, as the year plays on and unfolds, we'll see more downside risk developing. You so, know, I, I think you, you made a really good point here, which is that what the Fed has put out with their summary of economic projections is a forecast. Um, we do forecasts, lots of people do forecasts. We all know that, that forecasts typically are wrong, sometimes by little, sometimes by a lot. But as, as conditions change, the Fed will, in all likelihood, change what it thinks it will do and what it actually does as well. And not only are forecasts usually wrong, again, by little or a lot, but the, the chances that they will be wrong now are even higher, given the nature of what's happening in the economy today. COVID is still around, and we have the supply shock caused by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So the uncertainties surrounding our forecast, the Fed's forecast, everybody's forecast are far greater than usual. And it makes it very difficult to plan as a result of that. I think the, the error bands are much wider than usual so that, uh, that businesses and individuals, I think, have to be prepared for um, different conditions than what 
the Fed perhaps is putting out right now. It could be better. It could be worse. Um, inflation could be higher. We could have a recession. The Fed could, in fact, create a soft landing. The odds of any of those occurring right now are, are not good. They perhaps are not quite equally weighted, but they're, the bad results perhaps have higher probabilities than we'd like. But those, those probabilities really are unknown at this point. That's a great point, David. So maybe we'll end with this. We are hearing the R word quite a bit these days. You alluded to it earlier. A uh, lot of commentary um, centering around the rising inflation rate, the war, and now the Fed raising interest rates. When should we reasonably expect the economy to be in danger of falling into an outright contraction? Hard to know precisely, given everything we've said about uncertainty. I think that the the odds of a downturn within the next year, and the odds of a downturn in the, in the next several months, I, th I think are low unless something really unusual happens. But, but within the next year, say between now and the middle of 2023, uh, the odds of a downturn are probably somewhere between 25 and 30%. Um, that's relatively high given that the yield curve has yet to invert, it's flattened, but it's not inverted. Uh, and usually it's that inversion of the yield curve that we take as the sort of the final sign that the economy will be going into recession, not that it has gone in, but that it will be going into recession. Uh, I would say that in more normal periods, the odds of a downturn a year ahead, probably no more than 10%, perhaps as low as 5%. So, you know, saying 25 to 30%, still less than a coin flip, much less than 50%, but it's still elevated compared to where we normally would be. So with that, I think we will end our discussion today on uh, the Fed and the first Fed tightening since 2018. Thank all of our listeners and Brian, thank you I think, for a really good discussion today. This podcast is for financial professional use only. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2022. Nationwide.